This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balkis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world and in the UAE and in Sharjah. And speaking about Sharjah, we're going to be talking about how Sharjah has launched the first 3D printing house in the region. Yes, indeed. We're definitely excited to witness such a great accomplishment happening in the field of 3D printing right here in Sharjah. But around the world, Twitter is making headlines because they're going to be using Amazon Web Services to expand their computing capacity. Now, this is definitely going to be providing every tweet out there a much better experience using that social media platform. Yes, indeed. And 5G has been the talk of the year. Now, 5G has been released earlier, but just because Apple's iPhones got 5G, a lot of people start talking about 5G, and a lot of people don't know how fast or how powerful 5G is. So, ladies and gentlemen, we brought in an expert. Yes, indeed. We are going to be discussing the difference between 4G and 5G networks with the Chief Technology Officer and Executive at Nokia Middle East and Africa. Aji Ed is going to be joining us to tell us more about how impactful will 5G be on people living right here in mm-hmm. the UAE, but also around the world. And little do we know, Apple was actually quite one of the last phones to mm-hmm. get 5G. So Nokia did launch a brand new 5G phone that we're also going to be discussing in just a few moments. Yes, indeed. I do have 5G on my phone mm-hmm. and I'm already feeling it. It's <laughs> super fast, super quick. I have a lot of questions of my own. I do want to ask Aji. So keep Pulse 95 locked because we'll be right back. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world. This is news that we have been waiting for the entire the entirety of 2020 right here in Sharjah. More specifically mm-hmm. in the Sharjah Research, Technology and Innovation Park, a 3D printing house was in the works for I think almost all of this year. But now it is finally ready and its inauguration actually took place yesterday. Yes, indeed. And actually, Omnia, we did have the CEO of the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park, His Excellency Hussein Al Mahmoudi, on the show around late last year. Yes. And he was kind of hyping us up, letting us know that soon enough, that 3D printed house would be first printed in Sharjah and in the region. Now, this house is Arab design and heritage. And, Shar- and the Sharjah Research Technology Innovation Park aspires by launching this technology to development in the Emirate of Sharjah. And they want to build more homes. So, we're seeing that this isn't just a one-time thing. We're going to have a village, a neighborhood built of 3D homes. Absolutely. And I love the fact that this house actually reflects the Emirati culture and traditions. It's design and walking through it. You can just feel the culture and the years of heritage embedded and crafted within its walls. Now, 3D printing techniques are known for how efficient they are and how cost-effective they can be. How quick they can be as well. Exactly. And this is why 3D printing of this house and of any building would typically take about two weeks. But the research behind it, making sure that all the right equipments and all the right materials are being used so that we are not sacrificing the safety of the home with how quick it's being done. A lot of universities were behind the research 
research of this project. We're looking at the American University of Sharjah and cooperation with private sectors and a lot of international universities in Finland, research institutions in the Netherlands and other countries that have also been pitching in and trying to make this dream become a reality. Now, when we did speak to His Excellency late last year, he did tell us that he does want to incorporate a lot of university students. He wants to use the, uh, the, the local talent and he did bring in students from the American University of Sharjah, the University of Sharjah, the Higher Colleges of Technology, the HTC, right here in Sharjah as well. So we're looking at this is kind of being built and researched by the Emirati and the Arab youth right here in Sharjah. Yes, indeed. And if you actually want to go ahead and check out this uh, first, the first 3D printing home right here in Sharjah, you can go ahead and head to the Sharjah Research, Technology and Innovation Park. You mm. can go ahead and get a tour within it and see what mm. the future holds for construction. Yes, indeed. And if you want to listen to the technicalities when it comes to 3D printing these homes, you can go to our SoundCloud at Future Talk and Future Talk 95 and uh, listen to our interview with His Excellency Hussein Mahmoudi. It's a jam-packed episode. I did like it a lot <laughs> and he did hype it up a lot. But let's go all the way to the Twitterverse and talk about how Twitter is going to use Amazon Web Services as it does expand its computing capacity. Yes, indeed. Twitter will be using these web services to power its endless stream of posts. It wants to deepen the ties between the social media companies and the cloud computing companies. Now, for a very long time, Twitter relied on its own data centers to store and show text, photos, and videos. But under a multi, multi-year multi deal that was announced uh, this week, Twitter will be using the Amazon.com unit to provide global cloud infrastructure so that it can go ahead and deliver the Twitter timelines. Now, this is going to be a great help for Twitter's own uh, computing capacity because we're looking at Amazon units, which can definitely provide a huge amount of uh, cloud computing that will make the experience for every tweet out there much better. Yes, indeed. Now, Twitter did start moving SEM technology to the cloud in recent years, including with a 2018 deal that did see it uh, migrate portions of its massive trove of data to Google. Now, Twitter did say working with Amazon's cloud will improve the performance of its products by using data centers that are closer to where people live. Twitter can also ship features faster using Amazon's suite of services. Now, again, I just want to go and talk about Amazon for a second because the way Amazon works and the way we've been seeing Amazon kind of grow in recent years and how it's been a household name in the past, I'm not gonna say 10 years, I'm not gonna say five years, I'm gonna say four years. Now, ever since 2016, everyone talks about Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. And I'll speak right here locally. Mm -hmm. Locally right here, everyone uses Amazon. But four years ago, you said, I bought something from Amazon. Shoe? Yes. So that was the question. Soup.com was then the hype of it all. But the thing is, I I I give props to Amazon, I give props to their team and Jeff Bezos because this started out as a book company. They were selling books. And now they're one of the biggest tech giants. Tech giants, yes, it's an e-commerce website. But I call Amazon a tech giant in the world. And again, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. I mean, I definitely agree with you because it it showcases to every youth out there that nothing is impossible. You can start out small, but the the amount of growth that you can do is unimaginable. Behind the scenes, Twitter has always been actually a customer of Amazon, even though many people would be surprised by this news. Uh, Partly as a result of acquisitions, since a lot of the times Twitter's increased reliance on the cloud was mainly to help save up money, to 
to help free up developers to work on other products. So we're definitely excited to see Twitter allying alongside Amazon to hopefully bring a lot, a lot more features for its users and to allow the social media company to grow more quickly in areas where they do not have these data centers. Yes, indeed. And this is something like two of my favorite superheroes <laughs> uh, kind of joining forces and fighting evil because... As you guys know, I use Amazon a lot, and I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon, and I use Twitter a lot. I get all my news from Twitter, so seeing them combine and do their forces together is something I like to see. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about 5G. Yes, indeed, and a, and, uh, a smartphone industry that a lot of people tend to forget about simply because... It's the OG. How can you forget about the I OG? I know. It was, like, it was the top of the smartphone industry back in the day, but now it is making its climb back upwards. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. The year 2020 wasn't one of our best years, but it was definitely the year where a lot of innovations have kicked off. One of them being 5G. It has had the potential to change the world and we've been seeing this potential all of this year. And the arrival of 5G will not only transform tech, but it's also gonna be providing all of us a fantastic mobile experience. Hanny for one can definitely pledge for that. Mm-hmm. He has the 5G on his brand new iPhone 12, so he can definitely give you a personal experience it's on fast. that. <laughs> But to give us uh, an expert's uh, opinion of how 5G will be transforming the world of tech, we have with us today the Chief Technology Officer of Nokia Middle East and Africa, Mr. Aji Ed. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Now, let's kick off this conversation by asking you, what is 5G? Yeah, first of all, thank you very much for the opportunity and thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Um, when I talk about 5G, of course, uh, 5G has 5 and G. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's the fifth generation. That's the terminology it talks about. Mm-hmm. That the question would be, what is then the previous terminologies? You know, if you talk, we'll go back to the history. You know, it happened in 1980s. There was 1G. The 1G was like uh, analog communication, which nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. But 2G is the time where the wireless technology, that is mobile to mobile communication, really started kicking off. Mm-hmm. That was 2G in 1990. And in 2000, there was 3G, which was using a different technology, which is um, which is called wideband CDMA and so on. Then 2010 around, there was 4G. Mm-hmm. The 4G came into picture. And after 10 years, then now it is 5G, 2020. So every 10 years interval, we see a new technology coming into picture mm-hmm. with the different reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because 2G was talking about voice only, mm-hmm. you know, mobile to mobile communication, just voice. 3G started with the voice plus bit of a data. You mm-hmm. mentioned high speed, but it was a very low speed that time, you know, <laughs> with the 3G. 4G was the fundamentally it game changer in terms of um, uh, the speed mm. because on an average we can get um, 45 to 50 Mbps speed on the mobile. Mm. But with 5G, it's changing the dimensions completely. The game changer. Game changer. Yes. Absolutely. And speaking of game changing, uh, a lot of people have been excited for 5G because many tech experts have been saying that 5G would allow basically devices to talk to one another since yeah. it increases the connectivity. So mm. a lot of people may be wondering, whenever we're talking about the introduction of 5G, does that mean 4G will no longer be used? Or is it an extension and a transition where 4G will still be used, but 5G over time will be used uh, more efficiently? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so how is this is going to work is that uh, the 5G in the introduction phase, because it happened, uh, let's say, last year, mm -hmm. and this will be coexisting with the 4G, mm. because this is the same in-network infrastructure which will be used for 5G, which is built on top of 4G. So in the first phase, because there are some architectural differences between 4G and 5G, in the first phase, LTE, that is we call LTE, that's the terminology, technology name mm -hmm. for 4G, okay? Mm. So 4G and 5G will coexist. 5G will be built on top of the 4G. But after some time, there is a different technology architecture, which is called a standalone architecture. Mm. When that comes in, it will be 5G completely standalone. Mm. Yeah. You know, and when do you expect that happening? That is uh, slowly happening in different places, but that would be uh, probably in a couple of years down the line, mm. you see that. And that is uh, driven by some of the other aspects of 5G. You know, mm -hmm. 5G is not just about the speed. Yeah. So it is speed is just a one dimension. You know, in that. It's just uh, one benefit. One only yes. just one benefit. And uh, like you mentioned, um, this millions of devices we are able to connect with each other, because the devices when we say it is not the, hand, the mobiles. Mm -hmm. We are talking about the sensors. We are talking about the towers. The, the tower. The many many different types of use cases, mm -hmm. industry verticals, many more. Mm -hmm. And there is some other applications as well with mm. um, latency related application mission critical applications autonomous driving when you talk oh about yeah, autonomous course. driving it requires fast response from the network mm -hmm. because if you have to take a decision in when the vehicle is moving you need to take a decision in the range of uh, one millisecond immediately. or two five millisecond yeah. immediately this fast response is not possible with the previous generation of technology mm. and this is also one of the fundamental reasons why 5G is making a big, you know, uh, getting a lot of attention from all the different places because it has a huge potential. Yeah, and and we see in the medical field as well, a yes. lot of medical professionals are pushing for 5G and they're happy that 5G is here because I do believe that now they can it can be easier for that distance surgery. Yep. What, what, what was it called? Yeah, it's uh, remote surgery. Remote, remote, sur remote surgery. surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Remote robotic surgery. And I've been reading a lot online how the medical professionals are so excited for it. Yeah. And it's a game changer not only for the consumer, just like me, but yeah. for the professionals as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there are there are many different uh, verticals, industry verticals. We call that industry verticals. Mm -hmm. So one of them definitely is the medical sector, healthcare sector, where... Uh, one of the reasons for it, because as you mentioned, this remote surgery, it requires a precision, it requires the fast response, mm -hmm. we call it as latency, and this is extremely critical, because if you cannot have a more than five millisecond difference in terms of when you do the surgery, of course, I mean, this is a, that's why the 5G is making a difference. Yes. And another example, what I mentioned is automotive sector. Mm. Autonomous driving, you need to have immediate response and there is immediate, you know, reaction time. You know, you are able to take decisions faster. Then there are other sectors as well, like uh, railways, you know, you talk about transportation, the transportation, smart meters, smart cities, any anywhere that you talk about. Agriculture, of course, even for agriculture, because they are talking about different use cases which can bring in these 5G benefits to the farmers. Absolutely. And it feels like a lot of sectors are just depending on 5G, yep. waiting for it to be implemented. Waiting for it to be available in a fullest sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be more widespread. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking all about the benefits of 5G, but also one of the most important aspects of 5G and the impact that it will have on the Internet of Things. Lots and lots is in store right here on the show so if you have any questions for the chief technology officer of nokia middle east mr aji ed make sure you send them in at 4215 door it is or sign into our dms at pulse 95 radio pulse 95
this out. Take this out. Oh, 5G is expected to deliver speeds up to 100 times faster than your typical 4G technology. Lots and lots of people are excited for it. Many people are already using it and feeling the speed of it all. But a lot of people are still not clear about what the hype about 5G is all about. And this is exactly why we've got you covered today. And we're going to be speaking to the Chief Technology Officer, Aji Ed who is the Chief Technology Officer of Nokia Middle East and Africa. He's been telling us a lot about 5G networks, and it's definitely been an interesting conversation on and off air. Yes, indeed. I, I want to make you guys jealous a little bit. The <laughs> off-air conversations are a little bit more exciting. But now, you did kind of give us a rundown about 5G and what it mainly is. Now, what are the benefits of 5G networks and the best possible use of this technology to improve lives and business efficiency and even productivity? Yeah. Yeah, that's also a very good question because I think, um, as I was just mentioning before, so 5G is not just another G added to it or 1 plus, 4 plus 1. Mm. It's not. So it has a the multiple dimension. One is, of course, you mentioned about the speed. Of course, this 100 times speed... Um, Okay, I would not exactly <laughs> say it is 100 times, but uh, it depends. That's what the hype, uh, people yes, who are exactly. hyped up but about it say. I, I would also make it a bit more realistic from that yeah. perspective, <laughs> because I would say it um, depends on multiple factors. It's mm. not exactly straightforward to say that you will get 100 times better speed. Mm -hmm. So it depends on uh, the spectrum which is available for the operators, mm. because if you have more spectrum, you will get a much higher speed. So on an average, I would say you will get probably 5 to 10 times Mm. average speed mm. peak speed could be much much higher so if you could talk about peak speeds uh, on an average we talk about you know uh, uh, 4g is 45 mbps or 50 mbps mm. in our you yeah. know in our our countries here yeah. um, uh, probably it will be in the range of 300 to 400 mbps on an average yeah but peak could be one gig 1.5 gig or even beyond exactly mm. even beyond so this is this can happen so in that sense speed is definitely going to be massive you know in terms of 5g what can offer but that is just one part of the story. Second element, which is also very critical, is this, we call it latency, what mm. I just mentioned. Latency is the responsiveness, the how fast their network can respond to it. Mm. Because this is fundamentally one thing which will create lot many more use cases mm. with the 5G, where you need a critical response time for the mission critical use cases like automotive sectors, this uh, remote surgery, what we talked about before. Mm -hmm. So this latency part, it is not possible with the previous technology. Mm. Absolutely. So this is fundamentally another difference. And the third element is uh, this millions of devices getting connected because you need all sensors. Remote surgery, it is done with the sensors. The sensors will have this 5G modem with that. And that is communicating to the 5G network and get the response and that is how it operates. Mm -hmm. Similarly, in any sector you take it, agriculture sector, automotive sector, healthcare, railways, or you know, uh, uh, airports, whichever segment we take it, smart meters, smart cities, uh, the uh, transportation, whichever segment we take it, mm -hmm. this will be, the 5G will be going to play a mm -hmm. fundamental role because of the way the technology has, um, mm -hmm. you know, the requirements have been established right now. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned this because a lot of people uh, have been excited for IoT devices. Yeah. You know, we, we've constantly dreamt about the scenario of waking up, having everything being done for you. Your coffee, mm -hmm. it prepares itself. Your washing machine washes <laughs> the clothes on its own. The robot vacuum vacuums the house. But for this to become a reality in every home, 
5G has to be implemented. So in your opinion, how important it is, is it for 5G to make IoT devices much more widespread, but also a much more feasible uh, future uh, for many people in their own homes? Yeah, so uh, definitely. I think we, we say that um, uh, 5G offers this technology, 5G offers these capabilities, which mm. is very clear. However, we see the 5G evolution is not going to be, a, in our terminology, we say that it's not a sprint, mm. it is a marathon. Mm. I so love that. It will come with within um, time in an evolution yes. in over time. So right now, if you ask me, what is offered by 5G today is the enhanced mobile broadband. You have the iPhone 12, and yes. you can you can vouch for that. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm coming back to that speed thing when you're talking about the average 450. Yeah. I was coming to vouch right there and then because at around 2 3 p.m. Yeah. I checked it 100 yeah. percent, just like you said. 350 to 400. Yeah. I checked it at 5 a.m. I yeah. went all the way to 1.2 gigs. Absolutely. Oh, wow. this is, this is he got it on the dot. Oh, yeah. wow. On the dot. <laughs> exactly. This is exactly the, what we can see for the next one year, one and a half years. You would definitely see this broadband experience would be the best. You know, mm. this is 100%. It is guaranteed. And as I said, other use cases are under development right now. And this will definitely happen. And I can give you some examples, you know, when we talk about how what Nokia is doing with the uh, different players, etc. But this is this will happen. Maybe next uh, two to three years, we will see more and more use cases which built on these uh, sensors. I mean, I think fundamentally one of the things is um, what is important is also the cost of the sensors and, mm. you know, the affordability of the different things into the uh, machines or, you know, it has to be cost effective. Mm. So this is one of the actions which are ongoing anyway, you know, that is affordability of the sensors and the uh, applicability of the sensors into different different IOTs, devices and so on. Mm -hmm. So this is will happen. It will take a few years. We need to be patient. Patience is Patience key. Patience is key, just like Omnia said. <laughs> yes, indeed. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking all about Nokia's uh, innovations in the realm of 5G over the past year. A lot of people used to look at Nokia as the top smartphone industry back in the day. And things have changed over time, but they're definitely crawling back up. And a lot of people have been excited for the brand new 5G Nokia phone. So what is it going to offer and how will 5G affect the global economy? This is all going to be coming up in just a few moments. If you have any questions for Aji Ed, the chief technology officer of Nokia Middle East and Africa, make sure you send them in at 4 4215 Dorit to Salad or Saido into our at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. 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 It has also been the talk of the town right here in the Pulse 95 studios. Ever since Hani got the iPhone 12, which embed has 5G embedded within it, uh, Hani, let's let's talk a little bit about your experience with it because you've definitely been jumping up and down today. All right, so I want to put you guys into the picture. Okay, it's fast. It's fast. <laughs> it's fast. It's I'm fast. Bad. And uh, no complaints so far. And again, it's fast, and I'm 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 enjoying it. I don't even opt for Wi-Fi at home anymore. It's well, just I'm too I'm too too, too uh, uh, used to the speed now. <laughs> it's like you're going 140 kilometers per hour, and then you're slowing down, and then down. you're going back to 80. You feel like, man, I'm going slow. <laughs> like that is just too slow. Yeah. Even though 80 is not that slow. Yeah. Um, but joining us today to tell us more about the world of 5G is the Chief Technology Officer of Nokia Middle East and Africa, Mr. Aji Ed, who has been definitely educating us about the differences between 4G and 5G. What's realistic about 5G and what's not? Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Love having you on the show. Now, what has Nokia achieved in the realm of 5G over the past year? And what are the future projects of Nokia? Okay, thank you. Thank you for the question. Um, so when we when we talk about technology as a as a especially the wireless technology like 5G, mm-hmm. so before the technology comes into the reality, mm-hmm. like 2020, if you say that 5G has become a reality now, yeah, the work has started almost uh, six to seven years before that. Mm-hmm. You know, for every technology, it's like that. So uh, from Nokia side, it is uh, we have been working on this for the past six or seven years mm-hmm. with the standardization bodies, the research activities making the prototype analysis and so on so it takes a long time to really establish such a system in a wireless technology so now in the last couple of years we have been working with the many different operators around the world Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, establishing the 5g deploying the 5g all around okay Mm -hmm. since nokia is one of the leading network infrastructure provider Mm -hmm. we have worked with um, uh, the the operators leading operators in the us verizon at&t t-mobile and so on in Korea, you know, Korea is the the leading players in any any no wireless way. technology comes into picture. I, I never thought of Korea. <laughs> yeah, oh it is. God. It is. They launched 5G last year, April 2019. Oh, we're late to the party then. We're very late <laughs> to the party. <laughs> yeah, but we are not too late. I will, I will come to that. You know, <laughs> uh, but now if you look at it, there, I think it's more than seven million subscribers. They mm. have it in 5G. And 25% of their data volume, you know, they can, they measure it based on the data volume. Mm. So it is going through the 5G networks. So this is the Korea story. Okay. Similar is with, um, you know, China also is pretty much active in it. When it comes to Middle East, that is also pretty, uh, let's say, we have been working with many players in the Middle East, like um, in UAE, we have uh, Du and Etisalat, they have launched 5G. Mm. And in Saudi Arabia, we have um, the three important operators, STC, Mobile and Zane and many other players in the market. So we have been working with all of them. All of them launched 5G and Nokia is an important player in the 5G launch. Today, if we speak, we have 134 5G commercial deals across the world with the different operators, with the different countries in Australia, New Zealand, you name it, you know. So this is something which is really going in with a good momentum and Mm. we are very proud to be associated with this 5G launches which is happening all around. Absolutely. And uh, I want to go back to something that you mentioned during the show. 5G is a marathon and not a sprint. This is exactly why I want to ask you, in your opinion, how and when will 5G impact the global economy? Especially because around the world, global economy has definitely been hit by COVID. So in your opinion, how will this technology enhance uh, the economy? Yeah, I think uh, it was uh, very unfortunate that we've been hit with this pandemic. I think we all know that. Uh, Of course, uh, this will probably take a bit more time to really, you know, come out of this. But we already see that uh, I was mentioning just before this, um, we have 134 commercial 5G deals which Mm. were signed now. That was maybe two months until two months back it mm. was in the range of 85 or so mm. so in the last two months we see that momentum coming back and 85 to 134 commercial deals which shows a momentum which is coming back but of course this is uh, still only early signs of momentum coming back mm. Mm. but i was mentioning before the how 5g can bring the changes into the economy or to the people's lives it's with all the different use cases you know, which are impacting the different sectors, not just the throughput speed, which we will be happy about. You know, we will be extremely <laughs> happy with that amazing speeds that yes. we get. But uh, in order to impact the economy, 
in order to impact um, you know uh, revive the economy and uh, revive the people of life uh, lives of the people of course that requires other use cases which i talked about before the industrial vector uh, the verticals like um, automotive sectors or uh, the healthcare sectors um, you know the smart meters and transportation sectors Uh, agriculture sectors even, even the space sector yes space sector as well of course this is um, i mean all of these different segments if we look at it i think this is where we see i think some use cases are uh, pretty much advanced because we have been working with um, i can give you some examples you know we are working with um, railways yeah. in, in germany deutsche bahn you know the db deutsche bahn mm-hmm. in germany mm-hmm. so we have been working with them to really implement the 5g network across the railways mm-hmm. and the airport authorities and some of the mining players and the oil rig companies you know mm-hmm. there are many such players and industrial automation mm-hmm. robotic robotics automation you know we mentioned robotic automation mm-hmm. so this abb or you know there's some players like that automotive sectors like bmw rolls royce is basically everywhere 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 so yes. 5g is going to be it is already a part of the daily life whether it's on a consumer's phone yeah. or a professional's uh, daily use. Absolutely. Correct. And uh, it's very interesting that you've mentioned it will take time for people to witness the impact of 5G Absolutely. Yeah. as it becomes more widespread and as people start uh, feeling mm. how fast mm. it can be. Mm. Aji, I thank you so much for joining us today and briefing us about the world mm. of 5G and how impactful it can be. It was amazing having you on the show, Aji. I, I loved every <laughs> second of it and hopefully soon we'll have you again when 6G does come <laughs> on. <laughs> Definitely. I It is my pleasure. Absolutely. I, I really enjoyed this. Pleasure one. is all Thank ours. Yeah. So everyone tuning in to us right now, Future Talk is coming to an end, but you can catch us again, same time, same place on Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. Until then, we have the weekend recommendations. Yes, indeed. It is Thursday afternoon. Karak, the dream team, Mikhail Atiyah and Aisha Al-Mazmi will be giving you everything you need to, need, need to know about your weekend recommendations. But right now, me and Omni and Adjar are going to jump on the spaceship and go and try out 5G. Keep Pulse95 locked because we have a lot in store for you. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.